Okay, with Joe Petito, Kill Shot is the short film, played at the Thriller Suspense Film Festival. He's from Brooklyn. This is a 24-hour film festival film, correct? Yes. So what is it? You, you're, you're, you're given a prop, I guess, or a couple of props, and you have to abide by the props when you make the film? Yeah, you're just, you're just given uh, a prompt, like uh, the parameters of, of sort of or the subject matter of what type of film you have to make. And uh, as soon as that happens, you have 24 hours to, to make and deliver the product. So what was the prompt? The prompt had something to do with uh, taking uh, something in in life, taking something ordinary, and sort of um, putting a putting a twist on it, making it fantastical. And I thought about it, and I was like, "Well, I had this old camera sitting on my shelf, and uh, I thought, well, let's 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 use that because." The clock's ticking <laughs> as of right now. So, is, right, <laughs> literally, yeah. So, so that was the prompt. This is the Russo brothers who did this. Yeah, the no, uh, the uh, No Sleep Till Film Fest uh, is what it's called, and it's a twenty-four hour um, create a film film festival. And I believe they're in their second year of doing it. This was uh, I I created Kill Shot for the first year uh, of them doing it, which was in two thousand twenty-one. And this is something like it's online. They just kind of kind of like, so it's for everybody. Everybody can do it. Yeah. Everybody can do it. Everybody can submit. And then, and then they just, you know, like anything else, they pick uh, the films that, that, you know, speak to them and that are going to win or get to the next round, et cetera. I like how you said that the the ones that speak to them, maybe not the best film, but the ones that speak to them, I guess. The ones that speak to them, you know. And um, so, how many how many get submitted? Like, since it's the Rousseau brothers and it's online, I'm assuming they yeah. get thousands of submissions. I gotta say, they they the, the I'm sure they did, you know. And and the ones that I saw that they chose uh, that one um, were very good. Uh, so it's it's kind of hard to believe that some of these films were made in 24 hours, and they were so good, uh, so well done. Um, so I definitely well deserved for sure. So, but you, the, the, I think it's all about the team, I guess, right? Like, it's all about, like, uh, it's like, it's like a baton handoff, but you didn't do this, meaning that, like, it's like, if you kind of have this, these amazing people where, like, you have a director, then you have an editor, you have a sound designer, you have an actor, it's like, you got to bring these, the, these pieces together, but you seem to did to do all the legwork for this particular project. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, the actor and myself, that was the crew. That was the crew, yeah. And and, and then the a friend of mine who let us, uh, uh, who got us the squirrel, the, the little prop squirrel, um, that was the only contribution outside of me and the actor. So I, I uh, you know, my background is in, you know, directing, editing, writing, all that stuff. So sound design, score. So yeah, that was, it was a lot for sure. Because it, it's definitely, you know, film is... It's a well-oiled machine, yeah. As you know, it's a collaboration, and it's it makes sort of um, the meeting of the minds makes the project uh, go by a lot smoother. But you know, it's tough when when you when you're definitely doing it by yourself, and uh, it was a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And and so, did you kind of like come up with any ideas before the twenty four hours, like in case yeah you can kind of jump off of? I I typically love action, uh, so I was thinking of a potential um maybe like a martial arts 
fight type of short, like some action film guys got to get from point A to point B. So I had that floating around in my head a little bit, a couple other ideas. And I just was sitting by waiting for the prompt and had, you know, there was no inkling of what it could have been. Um, so yeah, but you know, your mind just starts swimming with ideas to just to see what, what's going to be relevant. You got to try to prepare as best you can. Um, you're the the exterior that's Brooklyn that's Brooklyn Heights that you're in. I so I'm from a, a neighborhood called Bay Ridge. Bay Ridge, okay. And yeah. So what's the bridge that that we've seen the Manhattan Bridge or the Brooklyn Bridge? The so that's that's the that's the in Bay Ridge. There's a bridge called the Verrazano Bridge, and what it it connects Brooklyn to Staten Island. So we're oh, we're so kind of the other bridge, okay. Yeah, so we're the last stand from Staten Islanders coming in, so we have to hold that position. You know what I mean? That's a very important stronghold of Brooklyn, New York. And uh, yeah, Bay Ridge, it's, it's kind of off the beaten path a little bit. Um, very nice neighborhood. I grew up there. It's a beautiful area to shoot something, as you saw. Like, it is, there's a lot of nice greenery and parks and things like that. So so just a quick segue. I'm just curious because you were born and raised. Is that, is, I'm, Brooklyn has completely transformed itself through the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, there's definitely a lot of uh, transformation going on. There's a lot of gentrification and um, yeah, I think it has its, I think it has its pros and cons, honestly, uh, as a native New Yorker, because um, I just think it, it's amazing to have people come to the city and move in and open businesses. And uh, they come, everybody, people come with dreams and goals and ambitions. But the one thing that I notice is that the culture starts disappearing. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's going to happen with, with any sort of um, uh, gentrification, I would imagine. Um, but that, there's definitely been entire neighborhoods changing. Like I, I, Williamsburg used to be an area where the mafia would dump bodies and hang them from buildings and stuff. And it was just like a barren wasteland. And now it's one of the most sought after neighborhoods to live in in New York City. You can't even actually you can't even live there. It's so expensive. Yeah. So there's definitely been a night and day difference. I lived in New York. I lived in uh, Brooklyn, 2000, uh, sorry, 19, sorry, 1998, 1999. I went to school there and, and I mean, my wife went back a few years ago and I got dropped off at J J street, Pearl hall. Yeah. Same, but it's a little bit different. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, kind of like, I saw the same kind of familiar landmarks, but then everything around it was completely transformed. This is like maybe, you know, six, 16, 15, 16 years, right? It just, they just tra- yeah. completely transformed themselves, the whole city. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's probably, what is it? I mean, is New York the most sort of uh, desired city to live in in the world? So I would imagine every 10 years, there's probably going to be a significant difference. In a lot of these areas, it's a good way to put it. It's just, but it, you see the, I guess you, the, there's money, I guess, and incorporate. It, it was like the the mom and pop shops seem to disappear, and then the corporations yeah. kind of uh, tra- yeah. transformed it. I guess, right? Yeah, I, I would, I would say so. I think that's happening a lot more these days. Yeah. Anyway, so it was just, it was just yeah. something that was interesting because you gives you like your <laughs> your film is Brooklyn, I guess, right? You're like you meet a part part of the character in the film. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it definitely, growing up there has definitely helped shape my sort of, um, I guess, perspective as a filmmaker anyway. So it's kind of nice to incorporate it 
in the film as I did. And, you know, it was convenient. Didn't have a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, like I said, so, um, you know, but it, I'm glad I did because it, it, it had a lot to offer and I have a lot of connections. So when we shot that restaurant scene, I let the manager know, I said, listen, we're going to fake this guy dropping dead on the sidewalk in front yeah. of all the diners. I'm just letting you know. And he was like, okay, no problem. Because no, none of the customers knew that was going to happen. Gotcha. So, so that we had a one take, uh, you know, test, you know, uh, we only had one take for that. One take for that. So then, so then did the, the, when you, before you started shooting, did the actor know that he was already in, he was already part of the team. He was going to be in the film. Yeah. So we actually, we got him about 10 minutes before we shot that. Uh, he was a friend of, of the lead actor, Ignacio, and he came down and uh, I had another friend, the, the woman that was sitting with him. I explained to them what they were going to do. I bought them some food. They sat in the little, you know, outdoor uh, structure and I just gave him some direction and that's it. We, we just, we shot the, the sort of B-roll of them eating and then uh, it was time to do the deed and he did it fantastically and, and so did she it all in one take. So we were able to get it. Gotcha. And then, and, and so then what, what, how much did you, did you have for shooting? How much did you shoot and how much did you edit? Like, did you give her like a 12, was it a 12 and 12 split or like, that's a that's a good question. I would say the shooting was probably a little bit less than the editing. The editing took about well, maybe not. The edit, I, I would say the shooting took about maybe eight hours, and the editing was like ten. It was pretty almost pretty even even split. The editing definitely took a lot longer. Um, the film actually we shot more than what you saw. It yeah. was actually supposed to be a, a longer film, but for the contest, it had to be three minutes. So I cut out the entire ending. There was a whole another two scenes that happened after that moment at the restaurant. So um, all that had to be cut. And uh, I thought about releasing a different version of the film with that other ending, but uh, um, I kind of liked it the way it was. Yeah. So basically the, there's a twist in the end, I guess, right? Or like there, it's a setup with the, of the, what the camera can do when you, right. when you, Pardon the pun, shoot it, I guess, right? Yeah. So then we had we we had a uh another scene of, of the, the the protagonist's reaction to what happens and yeah. then and what his choice is after that. And um it's definitely a, a different ending. And it definitely it gives the film a sort of um I mean it's open ended anyway, but it gives it gives the ending a little bit more of a direction on where it's gonna go next. But uh, like I said, I, I it ended up on the cutting room floor. So would you do this contest again or? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would. I, I just need to update some of my equipment because I have the lenses I was using uh, were prime lenses or Cine lenses. And so there was no autofocus. So plenty of times it was very difficult to know if something was in focus because that depth of field, the, 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 the difference in background and foreground was so slight, the slight turn of that dial that yeah. there were some shots where, where he was, uh, he was out of focus slightly. So it just makes it a, uh, so much easier to have a, a autofocus lens. What else would you do differently? I would, I would also have equipment because it was just 
handheld camera. Everything was handheld pretty much. Maybe like one or two tripod here and there, but everything was handheld. I'd like, you know, maybe do something like a gimbal or a, a shoulder mount, just something to make it a little steadier, more smooth. You know? Would you bring in different, like a team in, or would you just do it the, the, the way you just did it last time? Probably, probably depending on what I needed. I mean, there are definitely people I could call, but for in 24 hours, uh, you know, in, in, in that amount of time, I would probably just do it solo again. Uh, if I had a couple more days, I would probably get some people that I've worked with in the past. You know, I guess it all depends, but the 24 hour thing is what makes it really difficult. Well, that's the, that's the, that's the gimmick of your film, right? It's done 24 hours. Yeah. It's, it's, but so I, if I had to do it again or, or do a different film, et cetera, I would probably, uh, with that time frame, I would just do it by myself once again. So then, to, you know, what motivated you to submit to like a festival like ours? Like what motivated you to submit to festivals? So the film didn't get selected in the, in the contest. And years later, I, my father contacted me cause he, that camera that I used in the film is his. Yeah. And he was asking me, he's like, whatever happened to that, that project you did. And uh, he's also like, can I have my camera back? So I said, no. And then he was like, can I see the film again? So I sent it to him and uh, he watched it and he was showing it to a bunch of people and they kept all calling me and saying, why don't you just get it out there, submit it to some festivals and things like that. Cause it never kind of never really had the light of day at all. And um, my dad really enjoyed the film and he, he thought the no dialogue aspect of it all, especially was interesting because it can be sent to any country. There's no language. Yeah. Just, you don't, you, you know, any, any sort of film festival in any country can understand what's going on. So um, I was like, all right, dad, let's, let's do it. Let's give it a shot. You know, he's always been a big uh, supporter of mine. So, uh, so he was the reason. And so in our particular festival, we send you like the audience to you and the audience feedback. What did you think about what they have to say about your film? I was, I, th I thought, I thought it was, it was, very very insightful i really appreciated that feedback you know because i never i never really had uh something like that happen so it was very nice to see uh audience feedback especially from people i don't know at all um i i, th I thoroughly enjoyed it i thought they made some great points um and uh it's also a, a very unique thing that you guys offer that i, I haven't seen from other festivals before so I, I I really did appreciate it. So there, yeah. So there. So what are you working? Are you constantly working on other films? Like what is your what is your usual kind of process? Like a day to day process? Well, I'm a screenwriter um, by day, so I'm always writing. That's something I'm always doing. Um, to pick up the camera and film something. I, I've done a bunch of films throughout my life, and um, you know a lot of more, a lot more complicated projects than this. And they just, everything costs a lot. And uh, depending on what your, what your sort of uh, goal is, but um, I definitely, this kind of reawoken my, my need to direct more because I mean, under my belt, I have, I have about 10 films uh, feature and short combined. And so 
it's 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 something that's always been a part of me. Yeah, but I never really went the festival route. This is actually the first film that I really submitted to festivals in mass. Uh, there was a film I submitted in the past, but it got it got screwed up because it fell into a weird time frame. It was supposed to be a short, but then wound up being about fifty minutes. So it fell oh. into this really weird category of like this short feature, but it's too long and it's or you know. So it didn't do well. And, um, but nowadays, you know, there's, there's besides writing, I definitely am going to start directing, uh, again after, I, after, you know, kill shot, uh, does its thing. So are you, are you the, 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 the Joe that did, uh, I'm obsessed with Brad Pitt film. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the MTV one. Right? So, so okay, interesting, interesting story with that. <laughs> okay. I, I, it's so funny that you even know about that. Um, so I had a YouTube channel with my production company, and we wanted to just do uh, put our films on there, put skits on there, mostly like doing comedy and things like that. And True Life, I'm obsessed with Brad Pitt was one of the first skits that we did, and uh, we basically fake filmed this entire episode in the true life style yeah and it and it got like over three hundred thousand views it actually did really well people people that i would meet uh in the hollywood sort of scene when i was living in la would be like wait that was you guys like they had no they had seen the video yeah and and it just it just kind of blew up a little bit and our goal was to try to get brad pitt to see it um i'm sure but, he has uh, seen it I hope he has. When he's I meet the type him, I'll, guy, I'll ask him. He's the type of guy who went viral, right? So basically, that's basically what you're saying. <laughs> so, but he's the type of guy who would. I don't. I don't know. I don't know him personally. I'm just. He just seems the type of guy. I should say that would watch this film. I, I would hope so. And, and you know, remember, remember when he was on Jackass? Yeah. And so he he's big into like joking around and pranks and things like that. So, uh, and and the episode, a lot of people thought it was real online. So I'm pretty sure that's why it got a lot of the attention that it did because people, I edited it in such a way and shot it in such a way where it looked like one of those dated true life episodes. So a lot of people thought it was real. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a fun project for sure. And then you just like, so you, and you've done other shorts and like, and so this was just done just for a YouTube video, I guess for a YouTube yeah. channel. Right. And then it, yeah. And it's uh, it kind of like randomly kind of blew up. That's good. What, what was that feeling when you when that happened? Yeah, it was <laughs> it was totally unexpected. Uh, I just kept getting messages from my friend Mike, who was the, the, the actor in it, and he was like, you know, we're getting more comments, we're getting more views, and and after a while, we would just uh, enjoy reading the comments. There was like a sort of a comment debate going on whether or not it was a real episode or not. So we started paying more attention to it. And then all of a sudden just the views started racking up, you know, it was, it was, it, was, um, it felt good. You know, it, it's always nice when, when something you work hard on something and, and people just see it, you know, that that's, that's the main thing. You know, you have a good idea or you want to make people laugh or, or you want to have like a, a film that's, that's spread some type of message, whatever the case may be, you just want people to, to actually see it. So when something goes viral in some capacity, it's it's nice because um, that means people are at least finding uh, some joy out of, out of what you did, especially if it's a comedy, which yeah. that is. <clears throat> so um, 
and it's very quotable too, which which I enjoy about that. And so then, right, like you said, right now you're always writing screenplays, you're a screenwriter, and then so, but you want to get to, to directing more films, I guess, right? Yeah, it's 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 just one of those things that uh, is is a necessity, you know. Screenwriting's free, essentially. But when you make a film, you know, you have to have all your ducks in a row. You got to have the finances in order, you know. Obviously, depending on what you want to do. And, you know, I know people nowadays, uh, it's like, you know, you could film something on a phone. We all know that the accessibility is there. But, you know, when I was just in college, the first film I made, that one I was telling you about where it, it ended up in a weird uh, time, uh, runtime. We did a 14-person shootout in that movie. Yeah. And we, and we rented blank firing guns. And it was just... A hell of an ambitious project and it cost you know we had to start a kickstarter for it and everything but um at the end of the day i i want to do i want to execute what i i i want i don't want to cut corners so that's what i like with even something like kill shot i knew exactly how to make it and i knew exactly the budget i needed to make it which is almost non-existent yeah because i i knew what i could pull off and what i could so to direct again especially a feature and uh you know to to get back in the saddle in that way um just about budgeting it correctly well congratulations on this film it was like it's for like i said it's like it got that gimmick of like done 24 hours but it's good it's got that nice little twist to it it's it's well done i like the story with like the dead guy how you did that so yeah it works you kind of did all the elements that you needed you got the setup of the camera you got the the you know the the, the venture of showing Brooklyn and showing the restaurant, and then you have the the payoff. So it works. It's a, it's a nice under five minute uh, film done in 24 hours. So congratulations. Let's talk again when you make your next film and uh, either the next 24 hour or, or another one of those ones that take longer than 24 hours to do. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll, I'll leave you with this, man. I, I, so I made a documentary in 2015. Yeah. And uh, it hasn't been released yet. Okay. Because, <laughs> because there might be an issue with releasing it. Uh, so the, I'll just give you the premise of it. The documentary is called The Prank. The Prank? Yeah. And it's, okay. about a, it's, it's about the craziest prank ever pulled on anyone. And we pulled the prank on my friend. This is all shot already. Everything's already been completed. And we pulled the craziest prank of all time, hidden cameras, the prank is the majority of the movie in, in real in real uh, time. It took place over five hours. And um, a lot of wild stuff happens in that film. It's like a jackass kind of meets punked vibe. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned you like jackass. Vibe. That's what I was. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. That's actually how I started making films. Okay. But uh, so we made this documentary. So there, there's a little bit of a disagreement with me and the other producers as to should we release it or not? But if we do, that'll be the next thing, and I'm sure I'll, I'll let you know about it. But the guy who you, who did the prank, who was pranked on, is okay with you releasing it? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's some of the other people involved behind the scenes that that I'm trying to sort of get. We're all trying to get on the same page. Oh well, yeah. But that, yeah. that's a good that's a good little uh, teaser right there. Right. Yeah. So we'll see if 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 if, if more people want to see it, then I'd be inclined to release it. Okay. So. So maybe we will talk about that film in the future then. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. 
All right, congratulations <laughs> on this one. Uh, enjoy Brooklyn, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, so nice talking to you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Shlemiel, Shlemazo, Hasenbeff Incorporated. We're going to do it. Give us any chance, we'll take